This is Judy Matheson, British actress from Hammer Horror and lots of other things. And uh, I think you should listen to the wonderful Without Your Head. Station of Decapitation Without Your Head. I'm Nasty Neal. I'm joined by the fine fellows here who made Blood Rites of the Vampire. We have director Zeb Godan. Hello. I think that's how you say your name properly. Ah, close enough. Close enough, yeah. I'll never get it right. We have the monk himself here. Is not in monk attire, but he's looking pretty good. We got Anthony DP <laughs> man. That, that's right. As you can see, I've adopted some other habits for the. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's not holy water. No, no, it's not. No, absolutely not. No, it's a pleasure to be here, Neil. Thank you for doing this. Yes, thank you for being here. Uh, producer, cinematographer, and editor, Brendan Peterson. Hey. And Hobo. What's up? Yo, oh, yeah, I've played one uh, about 10 times. Yeah, I, I should have said played a Hobo, <clears throat> not just a Hobo. I don't even have to dress up like one. I just look like one. So. <laughs> <laughs> I cast it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Detective Rawl and John Keach. Uh, hey there. Hello, it's good to see you. Good to meet you. Yeah, the, it's fine, fine being here. Fine, fine seeing all your faces. And The Tormented Man, which I think that's a good title just to keep. Tyler Oscar <laughs> Levesque. Hi there. Hello. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you for being here. So it was fun. We get to watch uh, the movie with everybody here on Facebook. Yeah. Was this uh, anyone's first time seeing the movie? It was my oh, first time here. seeing it in its entirety. Actually, I, I'd seen a rough cut of the film, uh, but it was it was it was it was fantastic to watch it tonight. Actually, and uh, I was really impressed. There were there were a couple of moments I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. But but I, I did read the whole script, not just my lines. I promise. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, that's good that you weren't surprised by the, the dialogue or anything. No, no, no. <laughs> so, how did everyone uh, get involved? Did you all know each other beforehand? Well. Uh, Brendan and I had done a short film together in 2017. And uh, when I decided I wanted to do a different approach with my next film, because I had done like a series of very gross horror comedies that were kind of effects heavy and they had like a lot of puppets and stuff. And then I decided I want to go closer to what made me want to make film in the first place, which was like uh, classic European horror. So I went to Brendan with this idea and he loved it, and we conceived some ideas together, and he asked to produce it, and that's how the, we got involved. Uh, how about the actors here? Did, uh, did you know Zeb beforehand, or Brendan? I, I, owe, I owed a favor, and, I, and I'm okay. paying off a debt for terrible, 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 de- no. Um, <laughs> well, I, I that's how I'm here, too. 
<laughs> I actually had the good fortune of meeting uh, meeting Seb uh, years ago at a convention when um, I was screening a film, uh, a track of the film that I'd made that got a little bit of attention. And uh, I remember meeting Seb and his enthusiasm, this is in 2012, I think, his enthusiasm was such that he was telling me all about how he wanted to be a filmmaker and how he, he, he was starting to dabble with short films. And it always stuck with me. And, uh, you know, we, we stayed in touch over Facebook uh, and, uh, and have become good friends over the past few years. Um, and, and when the opportunity came up and he said, would you, know, would you be interested in coming to North Bay? And I, I, I jumped on it. But it's, it's a pleasure to work with someone who has such a distinct voice um, and who I, I truly believe is going to to hit those 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 goals that he set, and and also to work with the with the fantastic uh, cast and crew like uh, Brendan, uh, also known as Rasputin. Uh, Brendan is uh, you know it's a marvelous cinematographer and AKA one of the AKA Grizzly Adams, AKA <laughs> Rasputin sounds a lot cooler though. I think I'm going with, <laughs> with Anthony. Brendan is one of the most cinematic individuals I've ever met. He lives and breathes film, and it's very inspiring. The cast and crew are great. Uh, uh, Tyler Tyler uh, has has come on board some of the, uh, a recent project that we did on 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 my side of the uh, the fence here as well. So you know it was great to work with these and also Vicky, dear dear Vicky, Vicky uh, did it. Yeah, she's amazing. Isn't it? It, it was just wonderful to work with these these folks. I'm very glad that uh, that I did get involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler, how did you get involved? Um, so Sebastian and I go way back. Um, we we met in, in film school uh, over a disagreement about uh, the movie Spring Breakers, whether okay. it was a good film or not. Uh, <laughs> For people who don't uh, know Zeb, he's you know he's if he yeah. believes in something, he sticks to it. Which is yeah, good. yeah. So immediately off to a bad start there, um, <laughs> but uh, but then that was quickly uh, quashed, and uh, and from that developed a good uh, personal friendship and as well as a great working relationship. So we've done countless films together over the years, and and now I make it a point of of any time he asks me to do something, whether it's you know big or small, I'm I'm there for it. I try to make a cameo at least in in, in each and every one of his projects. So. So can I ask, uh, did you like it or not? Uh, so I and so I have to eat my words here because I had initially <laughs> not liked the film, and then okay. uh, as my tastes matured, I, I began to appreciate the work of Harmony Corinne. Okay. So I like it now. Makes sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Zeb no longer hates you now. That's right. Yeah. That was my buy-in. <laughs> I had to watch the movie until I liked it. <laughs> and uh, John, how did you get involved with everybody? Uh, well, I mean, uh, I also knew Tyler and Sebastian, uh, similarly from film school, uh, no such disagreements over, uh, over the likes of spring breakers occurred. It's just, it, it really was more just casually meeting, getting to know and, um, falling into friendship with these folks. And, uh, and I've been working with them as well on these, on these movies. I've been working with Sebastian on, uh, on, like uh, on, on all all of his stuff that he's done, sort of uh, in North Bay at least. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In all the stuff he's been doing in North Bay, I've been involved in, and I've been really enjoying being involved. I, I just it, it it's a chance to work with people I trust. It's a chance to uh, work with people I like working with, uh, and to do what I like doing, um, be it acting or or doing behind the scenes or. Or whatever. I just I I like I like this stuff. I like all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So and he had the most epic mustache as well. I don't know if you if you've noticed <laughs> that. It was this incredible, incredible. I was I was transfixed on it every time I saw it. It was marvelous. It was so good for sure. <laughs> to grow back, detective mustache for sure. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah so, the 
sorry, I just want to add like the moment my death scene was finished shooting, I went home. <laughs> yeah, you off, hated it. You hated that mustache. And went straight back to, to continue doing behind <laughs> the scenes. Mm-hmm. So was was Anthony always going to be the uh, the monk? So was that your first choice? Yeah, my uh, because my whole uh, the whole thing with it was that I said, well, if I'm going to make this a uh, very classical feeling vampire film, and it's being shot in Ontario, I need Ontario's Count Dracula. <laughs> I need to have Anthony in it because uh, for people who don't know, Anthony has played Count Dracula. He's played the Phantom of the Opera. He's played. Uh, Sherlock Holmes. Uh, if I'm forgetting anyone, Anthony, please correct me. But and e- I, Ebony, Ebenezer Scrooge as well. Ebenezer oh, Scrooge. Nice. <laughs> and uh, he's, uh, to my mind, he's the closest thing Ontario has to a Peter Cushing, to a Christopher Lee, so on and so forth. So I thought, if I'm going to do this movie, he needs to be in it. So I conceived that character for him. Oh, that's wow. very kind. Of, if if I can if I can just maybe uh, insert an anecdote here, uh, the character was originally originally written as a, as a priest, a priest yeah. rather than a monk. And I I after I read the script and having I went back to Seb and I said, okay, why don't we make him instead of a priest? Let's make him a monk. And, and I have three points of reason for this. Okay, the first being um, a the costume is much more interesting visually. I felt. Uh, B, it's sort of a nod to Andrew Key in uh, in uh, Half-Strack of the Prince of Darkness. And three, um, the goddamn priest costume that I tried on didn't fit. In fact, it was so <laughs> embarrassing, I thought, you know what, let's just go with this giant brown muumuu and uh, we'll yeah. make him a monk all of a sudden. And, and Seb was open to it. So. I may not have mentioned that to him, but I sold him on the Andrew Key, yeah, that's where you, you won me over. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, our secret Tombs of the Blind Dead reference. I guess, yeah. right? Ooh, that's yeah. what we talk. I like that too. It's I much like more too. unique because you don't you you mean you see priests and stuff but you hardly ever see a monk in anything <laughs> modern yeah well you know I, uh, uh, something that came to mind was uh the classic universal films from the 30s those are, have kind of a timeless feel you don't know when they're set because people live in castles but there's still cars and there's still electric light so i thought having a priest would add the sense of not knowing where or when you are mm-hmm. Uh, Brendan here, he, during the chat, he brought up that uh, he thought you looked like uh, Peter Laurie in uh, in one of the opening shots. Yeah. Cool. Well, he, yeah, he, he has just that kind of classic movie look to him. So does Vicky. Yeah. Well, well, actually, they all do. Like, that's part of, like, yeah, he just casts them well in that way. Yeah. That camera Even me very, makes you look very scary, <laughs> by the way. Who, me? Yes, yeah. I like well, yeah, this I look, thing. It's really, I look a lot more scary than I am. That's that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that was dedication to grow the beard just to, to play the hobo, I think. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I did it just for his movie. Yeah, it took 10 years and just for his movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like boyhood. <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> so Anthony brought up Vicky, you know, who can't be here tonight, sadly. But uh, uh, she's amazing as, as the vampire. Uh, the, how, how did she uh, come about to play the character? Uh, uh, Vicky acted in a film that John and I made together that Tyler also acted in called Dino Gore, which will hopefully be released soon. Uh, uh, that was the last of my horror comedies. But she was in it, and she did some crazy contortion stuff. She had played Karen in a stage production of Night of the Living Dead. 
where I had seen her do this contortion stuff. So I had her on Dionagore to do the same thing. And while doing it, I thought, wow, it'd be great to have a vampire that does some weird contortion-y stuff like that. So while shooting Dinogore, I asked if she wanted to do this part. Yeah, there's a couple scenes actually look painful to me where she's got like her head, her face like on the on the floor. Where she's like, oh, she loves it. She loves that stuff. She's well, she's actually and she's actually with one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. Although I found her okay. uh, completely terrifying on set because the moment <laughs> she was made up, she just had this. She had this stare, like she became the character. Uh, I do remember shooting that very, very final scene. Uh, Steph, maybe you want to share this anecdote, but there was something that I said to you after yes. that final scene where she lays over the monk, and it was. It, I'll, I'll, I'll let Seb relate because he uh, he tells it very well. Well, <laughs> we're shooting the uh, confrontation sequence and it ends with uh, the vampire bending her back backwards and then vomiting blood into the monk's mouth. And when I said cut, Anthony just slowly stood up and said, well, that's the strangest thing I have ever shot in my entire life. (laughs) (laughs) And it was, and it wasn't, it was so effective and it was, it was beautiful because it was actually Hershey's chocolate syrup. And that was one of the reasons why I made the drive to, you know, to North Bay as well. You're, you're, you're feeding me chocolate. I'm there. I'm absolutely there. (laughs) Well, interesting. I was going to ask what was used for the blood since it's in her mouth so much. Unfortunately, we can't cover the dental fees, unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The cavity. uh, But but, but I mean, that certainly does speak, though, to the classic nature of this film. Now, you've mentioned, uh, Brendan's just mentioned, uh, you know, how there's sort of an old school film uh, feel to it. And and Seb's mentioned the universals. And here, you know, here here you're using chocolate sauce, uh, which is, you know, which is so old school. Uh, Very, very practical. It's what they used in Psycho. It's what they used in countless films from that era. Uh, It it was so cool to be part of something. And credit to to Brendan and to to Seb for, 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 you know, and and the crew for making it feel that way. But it really felt like it was a film that uh, was that the whole production itself was actually set during that classic era. Uh, it was much more, uh, much more tangible than standing in front of a green screen or using CGI or what have you. And, and that was a really pleasant experience. Thank you. So for the chocolate syrup, cause I know you, you knew in advance you were going to make the movie black and white, but I don't believe you filmed it in black and white. Uh, no, uh, we didn't. And it actually, we have uh, still a few of the unprocessed color <laughs> stills. And the movie would have looked good in color, but I think it looks even better in black and white. Thanks I can give like a technical answer if you want a little bit. Like these days, uh, not too many cameras only shoot in black and white, but there are some digital cameras that exist that shoot in, in only black and white. But for the most part, you just shoot in color. And then in post, you change it. Mm-hmm. I just wonder about the syrup because while you're shooting it, uh, you know, like this <clears throat> is going to work. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. That part. Yeah. Oh, it. It's definitely where I, I didn't oh, know no. it's chocolate syrup. So, because yeah. she's even rinsing her mouth around with, with, the, with the blood, which I don't really remember seeing in a movie before. I, I actually like that. You know, it's kind of like she's savoring the, the flavor of it. Here's the funny part. Uh, Vicky couldn't actually swallow any of it because she's lactose free. Oh, really? So <laughs> that was that was the tricky part. I had to explain it. No, you don't need to swallow. In fact, let as much of it fall out as possible. It's I uh, I, I I swallowed. 
I, yeah, I, we know you did. <laughs> yeah, like it's a if I just no, cut that no part out, people are going to get the wrong impression. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> like the chocolate sauce for black and white thing is a pretty known trick. And I think that's why Seb, Seb did it for sure. It's that Night of the Living Dead and all that. It's also easy and cheap. <laughs> it's easy, yeah. it's cheap. And I always say too, like it, it's no secret that in, in most of Sebastian's films, I wind up dead on the floor. It happens and covered in chocolate syrup. And I say it's not a Sebastian Godet set unless I leave covered in chocolate syrup and have to clean it off my seatbelt and the inside of my car later on. So <laughs> I can confirm it's chocolate syrup and it works. <laughs> what was it like filming your scenes with Vicky? uh scary man like that's what i wanted to say is like there's a, a scene in the beginning where she's like writhing on top of me and it's like when sebastian calls action you know it scares the shit out of you you know it's like <laughs> it's freaky man you know because she is the sweetest person ever but then something activates and it's like who is this yeah like skeletor contortionist on top of me it's insane <laughs> scary man so that was real fear it was real. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that good of an actor. <laughs> yeah. And since we just watched, there'll be some spoilers here. For, so if you're watching this later and you yeah. haven't seen the movie, you know, maybe wait till you see uh, the movie before you watch this. But, uh, yeah. you know, throughout the movie, there's really no sound in, in the death scenes. There's score, but there's no sound from the, from the actors until the final uh, death scene and then there's sound, mm-hmm. which I thought yeah. was interesting. Well, uh, you know, I, I love... European genre film. Uh, this whole movie is kind of constructed as an homage like Jean Delain, Jess Franco, and uh, even further back German filmmakers like Murnau. And those movies all have a very like dreamlike feel. So I spoke to Brendan about this and we both agreed by doing that with the soundscape, we would sell that dreamy quality all the better. And uh, Vic brought up that uh, he felt uh, Vicky was both childlike and creepy at the same time which I don't know if that was something we're going for. Yeah, yeah, like, because she's like this malevolent presence, but she's a malevolent presence from centuries back, so she's completely lost. And I think that there's, um, no matter how evil something is, if you take them out of their element, they're going to feel like a child again. So Yeah, that was just good casting, too. So. Yeah, she just sells it. She has that kind of vibe that's, like, childlike but ancient at the same time. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. It's amazing because she's one of the most positive people mm-hmm. that I've ever met. I'm on her Facebook page, and every day there's a message that, um, and, and usually, you know, usually the, uh, the motivational messages don't work for me, but every so often she has one that's like, oh, yeah, but yeah, that just caught the synapses rolling. So yeah. she's a lovely, lovely person. Yeah. Now, what 100%. kind of direction would you give her when she's playing the vampire? Because, you know, the movie is paced different than like a modern film. So it's a lot of yeah. like long shots and her just kind of moving around. And I would say just move around, but her, you know, a lot of it is her movement. Yeah. And so I don't know if it was uh, just h- how do you direct that? Honestly, it was just as easy as Brendan and I would set the camera and we would compose the shot and he would tell me what would work. And once he was figuring it out, um, I would just tell Vicky, go there do what feels right to you. It had a very improvisational uh, element to it, the whole shoot. Go there, do what feels natural to you, do what you as the character would do. And then I would just, you know, I just set her free. Just let her go loose. Yeah. Yeah. Like all the dialogue is, is Seb's written stuff. And then we, we made up a few things to 
fill in the uh, gaps. Like, like all the stuff with me, I kind of just proposed to Seb like, Hey, why don't I be a hobo? Yeah, and then like, he's like, he's like, okay, let's get you bitten on the hand. And he came up with all that. Yeah. Like the stuff with Brendan and the stuff with her encountering the other creature out in the park. That was stuff that was come up with like the day of shooting pretty much. So how much like footage did you have to edit, you know, down into the movie? I'll leave that it to was, Brendan. It was pretty economic where it's like pretty much everything that was shot was used. That's, that's how we shoot now. It was maybe like four, 500 gigabytes, which is not very big. Honestly. Uh, I, I, I'd, I'd like to say just uh, only because we haven't had a chance to chat about it, but uh, having just being, been able to watch the movie, uh, and experience it from beginning to end. Uh, Brendan, I, I really have to uh, commend your, 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 your cinematography on this. I mean, the film looks amazing. Uh, both you and Seb have just put together something that, uh, that yeah. just ekes, it just bleeds creepiness, but I mean, it just looks beautiful. And uh, it, it, it makes me proud to, uh, you know, to, to be part of the indie scene, knowing that artistry like this uh, is, uh, is running rampant. Well, we're just both big fans of German expressionism, and I guess we we tried to do that without by being authentic as much as we can, I guess. Like, yeah. In, yeah, in that sentiment that came up, you know, many times throughout the movie, people here have said, you know, how how beautiful the movie looked. Um. If I also may take a moment, I'd like to do a shout out to an actor who can't be with another actor who can't be with us today, Steve Kassan, who played our other. Uh, detective who came up and did all of his stuff in a single day over the course of three or uh, John, you were there. It was like what, five hours total with Steve. Yeah. Yeah, One take pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) He was, he was pretty efficient. He was more efficient with his, uh, with his um, uh, sort of uh, performative ability per screen time thing than, than, than I was. Uh, <laughs> um, the SD no, cards. I loved, uh, I loved working with them. Uh, like we, we got one take and then the card was full. So it was like, yeah, oh, that, yeah. that's it. There yeah. it is. <laughs> uh, John, had you seen the movie finished before? Um, not before today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I quite enjoy, I, I, I hate that it took me this long to see it. Uh, my own fault, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm really happy I've seen it. There's a lot of a lot of stuff I love in it. Yeah, is it weird to watch a movie uh, that you that you're part of, you know, as a movie? Um, uh, like I'm gonna say not. I'm gonna say no. I actually, um, I do a good job at sort of detaching myself from everything that I touch. Like it just like it because once I'm not on the set it's just a movie to me and I can enjoy it as someone who enjoys movies. And it's, but the, the part of the problem with that is I, uh, somewhere in my brain, I pick apart every movie I see. So, so I'm going to pick it. Uh, so, so if I, if I ever sound picky about uh, something I'm in, it's not because I am in it and I'm picking myself apart. It's just, I, that's just how I am. But, uh, but I, I quite enjoyed this. Yeah. Did you film it all during the day or night? Or like, what time of the days did you film? All day and all night. <laughs> yeah, both, but even mix of both. Yeah, uh, I think I, I think I had the opportunity. Go on, sorry. I think I had the good fortune of uh, shooting all my material during during the day. They were two 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 very very 
long but fun days. And what I would do is I would actually uh, leave the hotel and come back to the hotel in my full monk attire. And as I'd walk through the lobby, I would, no joke, I would, you know, I would bless people, you know, and I would deposit the video, just put it to something my child. I forgive, I was only of your sins, wait to hear mine, you know. But, uh, but yeah, I, 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 that was something else that was amazing to watch was the efficiency with which everybody worked, but also just how diligently, like it was a crack team of people who just loved filmmaking and who just uh, were like the schedule was tight. It was organized. Seb's a fantastic director. He, um, he has a very distinct vision. He will absolutely listen to suggestions you might have, uh, you know, and, and he'll, and he's very open to incorporating them. Or if he feels that it, it kind of meshes, it doesn't mesh with this vision, he'll say, well, that's great, but you know what, we're going to do it this way. And I respect that. I really do respect that on a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. We did have three students from Canada as well that came to yeah. help us because our, one of our old professors like sent us a star students kind of thing. Yeah, he so, sent us uh, three or four students to help with lighting and sound and one with makeup. So we, we really did have like a crack team of film students on this, yeah, which is great. Real, it was a real crew for once. Like. Yeah, I've never yeah. had one of those. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, uh, you know, since all your other films, they're very much, they're very different. And, yes. uh, and they're also uh, a lot shorter. This is your longest movie. Um, does that, t- even though, uh, tech, of course, it's a longer movie, does, did that take longer to shoot, it being a longer movie than, than the shorts? No, it, it took about as long as, say, like Animator or even Dinocore. We shot for, what, four days, Brendan? Uh, I would say more like six Six? Yeah, okay, that, that, that equals that. You were here for over a week, so. And then if you count the, some B-roll, maybe more like eight days, but six with the actors. Yeah. And you had lucky socks for the movie. I did. You gave me those wonderful Dracula socks, which I never took off. Oh, I you will of that. <laughs> very good very good let's see uh <clears throat> jay crawford uh in the chat he said uh how many times did you try to get the uh sky shot and then uh, brendan mentioned that uh he did it all one you got it all one shot one day but you also well, said that you, lapse, you were you just to get once yeah but you said like, that you just filmed you, that on your own like do you so for stuff like that did you just like happen to see cool things and like let me film this and put it in the movie well, like I'm on, I'm on the job as a cinematographer, so I'm thinking, okay, I need these cool scenes to show passage of time, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to need a time lapse of the sun going down. So I'm, I'm knowing that ahead of time. So I go out and I go, okay, the clouds look good today. So let's set up the camera and you only really got one chance. The sun's going to go down once. So you set it up, you you just got to be patient. Just don't touch the camera for like half an hour. That's about it. So uh, Tyler and the other actors, did you, um, did Zeb have you guys watch like uh, any movies? So you knew like what kind of how, the style of acting for the film? Yeah, I, I, nothing in particular, but I know what he's after. I think that comes from working with Sebastian so much over the years is like kind of getting the flavor that he's going for. You know, it's like, knowing a friend or something for a really long time, you develop a weird kind of like ESP. So reading the script and, and some visual references and stuff like that, I could see what he was driving at, you know, and then uh, we had some conversations about it, tweaked things on the day. But, you know, that is like, to return to what Anthony had said, like that is the interesting thing about working with Sebastian is, is having that, 
that guidance, but then also the liberty to kind of do your own thing a little bit. So yeah, it was, uh, it was kind of a mix of all things usually working with Zeb. And uh, Anthony, uh, Zeb said that you, you know, you played Dracula and um, Phantom of the Opera. Where, where did you play those? Well, where, where, in what? I've had uh, I've had uh, a, a lot of luck in my career. Um, I uh, I was a film. I shouldn't say I was. I, I'm still a filmmaker. Uh, I just haven't made a, a movie in a few years. But I, I've made five feature films, um, all of which have worldwide distribution. Um, I, I played Sherlock Holmes. We did an adaptation of Dracula, which is probably our biggest film uh, because it was a faithful adaptation of the book. Uh, the Bram Stoker estate loved it. Uh, it, uh, it it's been screened. I've screened it over in Wales and it's been seen all over the US and in Canada, it got us in Fangoria magazine. So that was, that was sort of a big one and that's how I met Seb. Uh, we did a film called Ghost Keepers, which is a haunted house thing. We did a production of Phantom of the Opera film version, again, going back to the original novel and doing our own thing with it. Uh, we, even, we even did a reality show to cast our Christine. And then I changed gears and uh, we did a musical film version of A Christmas Carol that featured uh, uh, Colin Baker from Doctor Who as, uh, as Charles Dickinson. And that was sort of my, kind of my, uh, I'm taking a break from film uh, uh, project. Um, and it did very well. It got picked up by PBS and again, it's out there. And then I switched gears and I became a, a voice actor. I founded a company called Bleak December, and now we produce these wonderful full cast audio plays featuring some amazing people, uh, some of my heroes, like we did Tony Todd as Dracula, uh, Sir Derek Jacobi as Sherlock Holmes, David Warner. Um, we've just done The Wicker Man. Uh, oh, I, nice. I play Sergeant Howie in that. Uh, I, I play Sergeant Howie opposite Brian Blessed as uh, as Lord Summerisle, and uh, and and the biggest thing I suppose that 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 I've been involved with in, in recent years is uh, uh, I voice a lot of the characters in an audio revival of the hilarious House of Frankenstein. So I'm the current uh, I'm, I'm the current voice incarnation of Count and Doctor Pet Fed for people who remember that show. So. So, uh, so, so with my production company, I've, I've had lots of opportunities to, to work with some legends in the world of, uh, of entertainment. Malcolm McDowell was in Frankenstein, uh, and yet I, uh, you know, I, I derived as much pleasure and joy from uh, from from working on Seb Godin's uh, Blood Rites of the Vampire with Brendan and Tyler and, and 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 Vicky and all these and John and all these wonderful people. You know, it's um, artists. Artists can be incredibly. Uh, uh, territorial and, 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 and snooty individuals. There's a lot of vanity, but at the same time, uh, artists also love artists. And, and I love the type of artist that loves to hang with other artists because you can talk about film and everybody's on that vibe. And when you get a, when you get that, that, that same, that, you know, that same vibe running through a production, uh, creativity just, again, just bleeds. And it's, it's, it's a wonderful experience. It's like doing, doing rep theater. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that's what it was like to work on blood rights of the vampire on Pierre. <laughs> uh, you know, John, because most of you guys are relatively young, uh, what do you learn when you when you uh, work with like a veteran actor like Anthony? Uh, you know, it always just kind of blows my mind to see someone um, like when you're on set with someone and they're themselves, and you're talking. And I know not every actor is like this. Some people they they're they're always in character. I've yet to see that entirely, but 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 when like on the set of Vampire in particular. Uh, you know, I'm talking to Steve and to Anthony, and they're just nice, wonderful, personable people. And then <laughs> they start acting, and that's something else. <laughs> it becomes something else, and you're watching three people, three people who you are talking to at the same time. 
and it's pretty great actually it's kind of it's it's just kind of amazing to see just just on the set it always just blows my mind uh jay had uh, brought up what i love too but uh he said he loved the music the score um if you can talk about you know who uh, who did the music it's mostly brendan oh really yeah there's that one uh industrial you know like do do when she attacks and stuff my mm. my friend nick did that one but the most of the stuff was just what i would call temporary music at first and then i would it was one of those things where it's like okay actually it's it's good so yeah it totally works <laughs> have like you done that for other that movies happens. before have you done the, the score well, I've I've been a like I've made music longer than I have films, okay. so I guess it's just kind of a natural, you know. Thing. Yeah. And uh, uh, Zeb, were you were you good with like all his uh, all the music he used right away, or did you change oh, yeah. anything? Oh yeah, like um, well, when I had envisioned the movie, obviously I had pictured something a little more classical feeling, but. Was it, something that Brent and I bonded over when we first met is that we both love the works of uh, Shinya Sukamoto who directed Tetsuo the Iron Man. So we both have that same love for those really kind of aggressive but moody soundscapes and soundtracks. And I thought that this really reflected that. Yeah, Chu Ishikawa is, yeah. is the guy is the guy who makes the soundtracks for, for Shinya. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so I thought that added an extra layer of uh, flavor to it that I really enjoyed. And uh, the actors, Anthony, like, what did you think when you see the finished film? Because you know, obviously when you're making it, you don't know, you know, what, what the sound is going to be like. Uh, how do I feel about it? Uh, yeah, well, you know, the, uh, the score in particular. Oh, the score. I thought the score was fantastic. And, and you know, we, we work uh, with, with, with my production label. We work with a fellow by the name of Brent Holland who does these wonderful lush orchestral scores. And if I was making this sort of film, that's that's where I would gravitate. So um, when I first heard the score, uh, I was won over immediately because for me, it's something very. It was it's a different, a very very different creative choice than I would have made, and yet I was completely won over by how well it works because it's very sparse, it's very unsettling, um, and there's a lot of um, there's a lot of bass movement in there that sort of kind of grabs you on a uh, on sort of a uh, a subconscious level. And that kind of just adds to the overall dread and creep of the film. I, actually, to be perfectly honest, I couldn't picture another score with this film. And, uh, and, I, and I'm blown away that, that, that Brendan did the majority of the, uh, of the music on this as well, because, um, you know, he's, a, he's obviously a triple threat. Um, yeah. But to answer your question, I thought it was fantastic. Uh, let's see. Uh, Joe Need. Uh, I don't know how to say your last name. Sorry, Joe. Joe says, uh, I love the use of space in, uh, in the shots. So if that's something you'd like mm -hmm. to talk about. Uh, well, I guess it's just uh, from from practice. Like, it's not the first feature I've ever shot, and I also went to a really good film where we got to film on real film. Like, we we shot on Bolexes, so I got to learn on the same camera that Steven Spielberg learned on and David Lynch. And so it's like it's it's I'm an educated cinematographer. I'm not just a, a guy running around with a camera. <laughs> so that's that's why. <laughs> and, and Vicky really uh, makes uh, great use of the space. Yeah, yeah. She's uh. That's what. That's why it looks good because Seb set up all this stuff to film. If that wasn't there, then 
Well, those locations, are they just things like you had in mind, like when you're in the area, like I'd like to use this at some point in time? Yeah, I spent about a week. Well, I, I walk a lot at night. I do a lot of night walks. But I spent a week specifically walking around North Bay and thinking, that looks cool. That looks cool. I can see Vicky there and so on and so forth. And even when Brendan came, we just walked around some more and kept finding new spots. That's where we found that cool house with the statues. That Brendan pointed that out to me. I would never or the have noticed tunnel, it. the tunnel thing. Yeah, the where, tunnel. Exactly. Yeah, I was like, we got to shoot in that tunnel. Okay, let's yeah. go to the tunnel. <laughs> yeah. I really like the stairs that are outside by the building, like the uh, yeah. cement building. The church. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you mean like the big Near the end. Yeah. staircase? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Brendan and I yeah, called... Seb, Seb picked that one, yeah. Brendan and I called that shot and the shot of her against the wall right after our uh, our eraser head shots. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was I, I also noticed uh, two squirrels running by when uh, someone's walking down the street. Was I assume that oh, was... I was, just... so, I was <laughs> so excited when that happened. I was like, oh my God. And no one else was that excited. I love those. <laughs> well, I those share excitement. Happy, I really like that. Yeah. Those happy accidents. I love those. Like, yeah. I assume you, you didn't have like a, a squirrel wrangler on set. <laughs> no. And I like how the, like the one is gray. So it's kind of like the vampire chasing. Yeah. It was almost like a black, uh, the, a black squirrel. The, vampire the first one I've never seen before. Yeah. Yeah. Those are from Manitoba. Okay, yeah, I've got a lot of squirrels here in Massachusetts, but no, uh, no black ones. But, uh, it's pretty cool. So, uh, how about kind of like, um, as far as I know, you changed some of the mythology of you know traditional vampires, like she can go out in the sunlight, and uh, uh, was that stuff you changed, or is that from other movies? Kind of oh, like a, uh, a combination of different mythology. Something that a lot of people forget is that in Bram Stoker's Dracula, the novel, uh, vampires can go out in the daylight. Oh, okay. They uh, they're just they don't have any powers. They're weak in the daylight, but they don't die. Um, so yeah, that I took from it. And also, like I just envision like the vampires being like it's less of like a living corpse than in, in, in this film's world. It's more like an elemental, naturalistic. Like a, I kind of took some stuff from like uh, different folklore with forest spirits and stuff like that. So. I like the stuff about information. That's the the part yeah. I hadn't really heard before, how it's like things are information and that gives her power. It's strange because <clears throat> uh, uh, two months after we finished shooting, the BBC Netflix Dracula came out and they used the same thing. Yeah, I was just actually oh, yeah. thinking about that one. Yeah. <laughs> they used yeah. the same I, thing. I haven't seen that, but... <laughs> Which I, I really like the... I know hey, some people are... are uh, Split on it, but I thought it was great. Yeah, well, we got cool statues to cut to while the narration is saying yeah. is saying that. So, oh, of course, I <laughs> I need to also take a moment to mention Luke, who came all the way from Montreal to be in the film for a couple of days as our vampire hunter. Yeah, he's awesome. Isn't it? Yeah. Did you, how did you know him? Uh, he was in Slimoids. He came all the way again from Montreal uh -huh. for one day on Slimoids. And I think John, I felt bad. John and I, we only shot with him for like two hours that time. So I decided, well, if he's coming back, I'm going to make the role something where he has to be here for a couple yeah. of days. I used to always introduce Seb as the guy who makes things, uh, slimy things, but I can't, I can't use that anymore. <laughs> uh, so what does that, what does that mean for you to make something, you know, like you said that you, you know, a different kind of movie and something that is more meaningful to you. 
It was the most artistically satisfying experience of my life so far. And uh, it's the only film of mine that I've made where I look at it and I say, I love it 100%. And I just, I don't even love it as something I made. I love it as a film. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't really say that uh, about anything else I've done so far. Although I enjoy everything I've made to some extent, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, this is the one where I felt the happiest with it. And I, I saw the most of myself in it. Well, it was interesting because when I, last time I met you in Buffalo, uh, Greg, Gregory Lamberson said that uh, he thought you regressed as a filmmaker. And then I saw uh, for this one, he said, I, I kind of loved it. So I, uh, yeah. He said, uh, he said this was the one that, this was the real movie to him. Uh, yeah. Says the guy who made Time City. <laughs> Very true. Talk about yeah. regression. <laughs> no, but, uh, I like boy. that movie. But. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for people who don't know, that Gregory Lamberson is a big part, a big uh, part in Zeb's life. He considers him as yeah. American uh, father, I believe, and he calls me his Canadian bastard. <laughs> <laughs> nice mutual respect there, I see. Uh, for Anthony, what was it like to play um, the scenes where the vampires uh, tormenting you, like in your dreams? Because it's you know primarily you. Uh, it's a very different kind of acting than like in a, in a modern movie. I'm almost ashamed to say that that was actually my own nightgown that I wore as oh, well. Really? I brought I brought that with me. It's something that I picked up years ago, and I thought I can sleep in a nightshirt like an old Victorian. It was the most uncomfortable thing. <laughs> I, I um, sleep in one. Well, I used to. <laughs> but you know what? It, it, that that sequence was was great. It was fun. Again, I, I felt like I had the chance to. It was it was nice because I had the chance to flex my muscles as an actor, uh, and not have to worry about being a filmmaker. Uh, all the headaches and all the hassles. Well, that was Seven Brendan's problem, not mine. Uh, you know, I got I got to just focus on on acting. And and what was nice is that we all again there was a, there's this creative vibe. You know, Tyler and John and Luke and you know I didn't get to work with Steve, but Vicky. Um, everybody was just so into it and had ideas and knew their characters and just. The whole thing fl- flowed. So when we got to that nightmare sequence, it, it, it was a blast to shoot. And, and I, I think I actually had made the suggestion. I could be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong here. But I think the, the hand reaching out, the tribute to Nosferatu, was something that I, I, I suggested giving a whack. And I was so happy to see it in the film uh, done so effectively because Nosferatu is, I mean, that's the end-all, be-all of, uh, of vampire cinema. Yeah, no, it was great. It was great. Great to be on set. Uh, Joni Niedebla, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, great contrast in her body language from uh, day to night. So was that something you thought about uh, when making yeah. the movie? Oh, yeah, like I said, like the, going back to Dracula, the idea that the sunlight doesn't kill her, but she's weaker in it. So I thought, well, maybe it's like rigor mortis is set in during daytime and then at night it comes flowing back. So I told her to walk very stiffly. I'm trying to remember what exactly it is I had in mind I think there's a little bit of, uh, for like how stilted the movements were, there's a little bit of vampire from Plan 9 from Outer Space in there. <laughs> You're all over the place yeah. there. So, yeah, all over. All the great Ed, films, Nosferatu and Plan 9 from Outer Space. Yeah, you couldn't see the Ed Wood influence? What are you talking about? You know? <laughs> a wide gamut of inspirations. Ed, Ed Wood influences both of us, so. It's true, he does. <laughs> Uh, how about finding the right headstone for the for the near the end of the movie? It's oh, you pretty, mean that pretty sweet? The headstone that 
uh, Tyler finds her. No, at uh, near the end of the movie, not not the small one, but like the, I don't oh, know if it's oh. headstone or what, but it's a big. Uh, oh, you mean the monument mon- that yeah. she dances? That's a yeah. that's a that's a war memorial. That's in like yeah. the middle of a public park that we went into at oh, one a.m. Really? and okay. set up these big lights. <laughs> and uh, I was paranoid, keeping my eyes peeled for uh for the police. <laughs> well, you know, you know, you know how that started. I I went okay. Parks usually have plugins that work. So let's go to the park and let's test the plugin. And if it works, then we'll set up all my lights. So that's what we did. So and, thanks to uh, the North Bay municipality for the free hydro. Amazing. <laughs> right outside of the Legion. Huh? Yeah, right outside <laughs> the Legion. That's right. <laughs> Was there any problems, you know, uh, filming out in public? Did anyone, anyone give you any issues? No. Actually, I- well, one time when, when Seb wasn't there, uh, a homeless guy harassed me and Kiefer, and we had to, like, uh, literally go away because he was, he was like, where's your permit? Like, he was trying to get money from us. So, like, I guess they, in North Bay, they know what's up. So, the homeless people, they, they, know, they know the film game. Yeah. <laughs> in Thunder Bay, they have no idea. Uh-huh. Nobody does any film stuff, but... Uh, Vic Shavoni wants to know, uh, how long, uh, did it take to, f- uh, finish the movie from beginning to end? So not just shooting it, but editing it all together. I think I approached Brendan about working on the movie in June. Does that sound right to you, Brendan? I'm not, I'm not really sure. It was sometime in the summer. So I'm going to say late June, early July. And, uh, so pre-production lasted about two, three months shooting lasted about a week then post-production was alarmingly fast i want to say it was like what three or four months brendan i guess so like i i do i did a lot of editing like i, I know you're a, a, a maniac. <laughs> <laughs> i edited like two two feature films in that time too so like my brain just is mush i don't remember things yeah so i'm gonna say like from beginning to finish seven months yeah, yeah. which is kind of normal for a for a, for a micro that film. length yeah yeah uh you mentioned you know you wrote uh anthony in, in as the monk or the priest originally uh jay mm-hmm. wants to know uh, about the other parts were there auditions no nah, i don't normally do auditions i usually write with people in mind because i don't know anybody else um <laughs> mo- mostly uh but no everybody just kind of fell into place it's not really the kind of film where y- you want to get a performance you just kind of want to watch somebody be themselves and like fit an archetype just by being there and uh everyone just was perfect Along those lines, you know, I know we watch it here and it was a lot of fun, but I do think uh, if you could watch it, you know, on the big screen in a dark movie theater and just get absorbed by the yeah. movie, that would be uh, the ideal way to watch it. Yeah, if we could afford it, we'd do it. We would four-wall it. But, uh, <laughs> but there, are, there, is, there are plans for, like, a couple of screenings here in North Bay, at least, which will maybe not be a huge screen, but it'll allow people a chance to see it with an audience and a dark room where I can uh, pick their pockets and 
And then there was this whole global pandemic thing that happened. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Theaters might not exist anymore. I'm not sure if you heard, but... (laughs) Along those lines, what are the plans? Because obviously, you know, in the last few months, the plans have changed to, you know, what to do with uh, Blood Rights of the Vampire. Producer? Oh, uh, it's it's up to me now? (laughs) I don't know, like... uh, we should probably try to put it on Vimeo on demand, mm-hmm. I guess, if you want, or we can try well, to do, I, I know you like physical stuff, but that's hard to do without money. So in you have one, to drop some money. In one form or another, I think the idea right now is to just release it direct to market right now and uh, gauge yeah. what the interest is there. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, pay, there's two things that I are like annually uh, for Vimeo. Yeah. So. yeah. I'll say, you know, cause uh, <laughs> People can't go out right now, so they are. They also do, or you're looking for entertainment. So you have that, yeah. you know. For sure. I know it's disappointing not to be able to uh, do like what you would want to do, and you know, in an, an ideal. The great thing or, about doing this is that by the time the pandemic ends, I might have another movie or three to screen. So, <laughs> are you working on yeah, stuff, Carly? Yes, uh, we're running a Kickstarter campaign right now. Anthony and I conceived. A uh, very fun, strange, old-school Frankenstein movie uh, called Abominations of Frankenstein. And uh, we're, we're running a Kickstarter for it right now. Uh, John is on board. He's our cinematographer for that one. Oh, and nice. uh, he, also, he also shot, shot Slimoids and Dino Gore. And uh, Vicky is coming back, uh, again, playing uh, a homicidal killer working for Dr. Frankenstein. And I'm playing the monster. So, Oh, interesting. I'm very, I'm very into this. Tyler's in it as well, and uh, Steve Kassan is coming back for it. So, yeah. very good. So, uh, so uh, you said there's a campaign for that. It's on Kickstarter. People can go. It and- is on Kickstarter. Look up Abominations of Frankenstein. There's a wonderful teaser trailer that uh, where you get to see Anthony as uh, Frankenstein and uh, right. some bits uh, of Dr. Heinrich von Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, so uh, we've got a really, really interesting uh, t- take on that character, and I'm looking forward to playing him because I think. I think that's going to be an absolute hoot. It's going to be sinister. It's going to be Udokia. It's going to be something people have never seen before. Bring mein creature to life. <laughs> sure, yeah. John, John edited an amazing <laughs> teaser together from footage Anthony shot and that uh, John shot. And uh, yeah, check it out. It's great. Um, I think he's kind of get... hidden here, but we do have Frankenstein. This... Ah. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. And uh, this Q and A, perfect. <laughs> it's going to be uh, it's going to be a fun one. It's it's a little bit Hammer. It's a little bit Franco. It's a little bit Andy Milligan. So again, a large gamut of influences. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that. As no. I've t- talked to Zeb before, that's my favorite of. Uh, um, I have a bit of a monsters. fact. Oh, uh, John's got facts. Uh, Vicky, Vicky really liked the blood. For, oh, the, really? for Frankenstein, a lot more than the blood for blood. Ha, that's right, because yeah. uh, it, it's in color, so it's got that bright. Uh, oh, I thought you meant just taste wise. But no, no she, she doesn't good. have to put anything in her mouth this <laughs> All right. time. All right. <laughs> My mind just went to, oh, it tastes yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jay, Jay, we kind of touched on this, but Jay wants to know uh, for the final shot. Uh, were her screams and cries added in after? And if not, uh, did you advertise that you were making a movie? Oh, uh, we did not advertise it. Um, <laughs> hmm. 
No, those were those were those were, those were live. Screams. Those were yeah. real screams. I had shown her before we started shooting. I had shown her. Uh, I don't know if anybody's ever seen the movie Possession with Sam Neill and Isabella Johnny, but there's this great scene where Isabella Johnny has a mental breakdown in a subway tunnel, and I showed that scene to Vicky, and it's like this is what you need to emulate, and uh, she just went at it. She's just wild, and uh, man, we shot. How long was that take, Brendan? Yeah, that was a really good one take. I have to, yeah. I have to say, like we really pulled that off. Like it was kind of like a dance between me and Vicky. Like we, yeah. we did that in one take. So, like nuts. I, I don't really know. It's like, is it however long the shot is, is how long it was? I guess, right? Yeah, that's because we only did one try of that. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jails want to know about uh, the red filter. He assumes it used a red filter uh, in a nope. shot near the end. No, okay. Well, I mean, like there was a red filter on a Fresnel. On the lights, yeah. If that's what he means. So oh, okay. It was, it was kind of yes to both his questions because he asked if it's a light. Uh-huh. It's, it's both. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah, it's specifically Ari Fresnels. Like they're, they're really good lights. They cost quite a bit of money. So, so that's, it wasn't cheap lighting. Uh, I really love the end of the movie because I think it's uh, – it's hard to find something, you know, completely new to do uh, with a vampire movie. And I don't remember ever seeing that uh, particular idea for the, for, you know, how the vampire, the vampire's demise before. Yeah. You know, I just thought, well, you know, vampires hate anything that's blessed. Well, wouldn't the blood of a holy person be blessed? So, yeah, you know, and no, I don't think it has been done before. So I really liked it. Yeah. And what was that scene like, uh, Anthony, in the film, you know, your, your death scene? What was it like filming my death scene? Yeah. <laughs> it was it was marvelous, absolutely marvelous. <laughs> I was I was savaged by this wonderful wonderful woman. <laughs> I mean I mean I can think of I can think of many worse ways to go. Uh, <laughs> right. no, you, you know, again, I got to be honest. I mean, it was um, it was it was something new for me. I've 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 done a fair bit, and I always get excited when there's something new. Um, I thought the choreography was great. Uh, uh, Seb had again a very distinct vision. Brendan knew exactly what he was doing with the cinematography. I felt very comfortable, and um, the uh, there was an idea, or an idea that I threw out was while he's while he's while he's dying, or while he's being drained of his blood, you know, start laughing hysterically. You know, it starts off with screams and then laughing hysterically. I think that I think that was my idea. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just taking credit for this, but uh, but I remember that's something that came together on set itself. And I and and again, I I, I was so happy to see how it turned out in the final film. Uh, like I mentioned, the chocolate syrup being you know vomited into my mouth. Uh, that was different. Uh, it was tasty. It was quite yeah. tasty. But, Why do you uh, say it was different? Like if you said that happens to you every, you know, every weekend or something, I would. Oh, it's just, it's just another Thursday night. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but you know, again, again, the film that it was, it was something different. It was exciting, and I and I knew as I was laying there, being, uh, you know, being savaged, uh, that uh, that this was going to look great on camera because I I had the utmost faith in in, in this crew, great great talented people. Mm-hmm. Well, I really like the movie, and I've I've liked Zeb for a long time, and and uh, I definitely think this is your best movie. Thank you so much. And uh, so, where can people follow? Uh, you know, to see wh- what where it goes next. Uh, follow Blood Rights of the Vampire on uh, Facebook. Uh, you know, we post whenever there's an update on the project, and uh, hopefully, there should be some news.
fairly soon. And uh, yeah. And where can you follow uh, your other stuff? Melting Man Films. I guess it's like Melting Man Films. Yeah, you can look up Melting Man Films on Facebook. And uh, if you really, really like me and you feel like having your Facebook feed clogged with uh, very, very unpopular opinions on films, <laughs> uh-huh. you, can, uh, you can add me on Facebook. And if I like you, then maybe I'll let you into that circle. Like how, like how great Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 is. I, hey, or that's a conversation <laughs> for another time. <laughs> I'm just throwing out a good example. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, no, I, I, I read Zeb's posts all the time. There are times I, t- I agree with him, and then there's times I was like, I don't know what he's thinking. But but I like that about him. <laughs> uh, Brendan, where can people follow you? Uh, just Dark Slide Pictures on, on Facebook. or Well, well darkslidepictures.com is, is like my website. So that's a nice, easy way to mm-hmm. find it all. And uh, Anthony. Hi. Hey. Where can people find me? Well, yeah. you know, we, we, we've got a website. It's uh, bleak December, just like the, uh, just like the line from the, the Raven by Poe auto sync there. I remember it was in the bleak December. So bleakdecember.com And of course, uh, my Facebook page as well, Anthony DP man. I, uh, we, we do a lot of promotion there. A lot of exciting things are always happening. And, uh, I also, uh, I, I love interacting with people and, uh, uh, I try and stay in touch as, as often as I can. So, um, so please check me out. Follow me. See what's happening. All sorts of exciting things. Yeah. Do you still have the monk uh, robe? <laughs> I, I wish I had to give it back. I had to give it back. It'd be fantastic. I'd be, you know, I'd be showing up and you know doing doing parties and and first communions and things. John, where can people follow you? Um, if you want at them the to. moment, yeah. uh, probably with. Uh, the Frankenstein abominations of Frankenstein, you know, just keep what's up with that. And, uh, that's all I got for you right now. No, it's totally cool. I probably wouldn't have social media either if it wasn't for the show and then posting <laughs> pictures of food I eat, but Tyler, uh, where can people follow you? Oh, geez. If you're, if you're interested, I'm on Instagram. I just search my name. I'll show up. And then I think I still have a Vimeo page with a bunch of video art on it. So if you want, you can go check that out too. Again, just search my name. You'll find me there. Very cool. Well, I appreciate all of you guys coming on tonight. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you. It's been an absolute, absolute pleasure to be part of the film and to be part of the Q and A. And we hope people at home enjoyed it. And uh, I Seb, uh, Seb and Brendan, I, I hope that this is big. I hope this is big and it goes far. And Neil, uh, great show. It's been a pleasure being. Thank uh, you. Being I appreciate that. You. Yeah, it's great to talk with you. And I'm, I'm, he's Zeb's brought up uh, 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 your your uh, radio Food show before, and I, I need to check this out because it, it's right up my alley. I like the Excellent. old school uh, uh, classic uh, radio dramas with like Peter Lorre and stuff back in the day, and to, to, to have like a modern version sounds very interesting. Check us out for sure. Very good. All right, guys. Thanks everybody. Thanks everybody for watching. Thanks so much. Thanks for having us. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. Nice to meet you. You as well. From ancient terrors to the search for modern day conspiracies, the tomb of Nick Cage is the new sound in horror rock. Uncover the mystery of old world horror for the new world order on iTunes, Amazon, and more. The tomb of Nick Cage. Here come the night! 
out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Tomb of Nick Cage. Okay.